Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. I'm the Green Smoothie Girl online. Welcome back to the Vibe Show. If you haven't heard part one with David Icke, you can go listen to the episode before this. And there's a 27-minute Cliff's Notes that I give to kind of give an overview of both of these uh, interviews. If you are interested in continuing the conversation and sharing links, videos, and conversation where everyone is polite and kind to each other all the time, which sounds impossible on social media, but everybody in that group knows that we enforce that, you're welcome to come over to my private group on Facebook. It's called Supporting You in 2020 Crisis. So go to my previous episode and listen to the first David Icke interview if you have not done so already and you might enjoy the 27-minute Cliff's Notes before that. I'm telling you what, everything that we're talking about here is so critical to our futures that I think that it's worth listening to the Cliff's Notes and then the complete version But without any further ado, let's get right into it. This is the second interview that Brian Rose of London Real, which you can find at londonreal.tv, did with the journalist and researcher, professional conspiracy theorist is what some people call him, David Icke. This is London Real. I am Brian Rose. My guest today is David Icke, the English writer and public speaker known since the 1990s as a professional conspiracy researcher, calling yourself a full-time investigator into who and what is really controlling the world. You are the author of 21 books and 10 DVDs and have lectured in over 25 countries, speaking live for up to 10 hours to huge audiences, filling stadiums like Wembley Arena. You are here for the second occasion today to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and global lockdown, the looming economic recession, the impact of 5G technology, and the violations of our rights and freedoms of speech. David, welcome back to London Real. Thank you, Brian. It's been 19 days since you last came on the show. Since then, we are told that millions of people have been infected worldwide with this disease, with deaths now approaching 100,000. Nearly 3 billion people are locked down in their homes. Markets are off 30% and a global recession is pending. Our last conversation went, quite frankly, viral, David. Over seven million views that I can count, the most comments of any episode in London Real History, which tells me one thing, the people wanna hear your opinion and people wanna hear the truth. David, as you know, I don't agree with everything you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. And at a time in this country when the regulator Ofcom is banning media outlets from talking about the quote-unquote 5G coronavirus conspiracy theories, I get very concerned. A lot of people told me not to do this interview today again, but in America, where I'm from, the First Amendment of the Constitution is the right to free speech and freedom of the press, and that right is being violated right now as we speak. George Orwell, in his famous book, 1984, said, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act, and David, that's what we're gonna do today. Honestly, I didn't even know if we'd make it to this moment. I thought we might be shut down today. Where do we start? Is there a virus? Since uh, we last spoke, Brian, I've um, spent every waking moment, which has been most of every 24 hours, devouring information from virologists, specialists, doctors all around the world, in America, in Germany, in 
Austria, Italy, who would never be allowed to get near the BBC or CNN because they are demolishing the official story of this hoax. And if people go to davidike.com when this interview is over, I've put a special posting of a series of videos. It says, um, for viewers to London Real, a series of videos by these doctors and others who in their various ways support all the elements of what I'm going to say today. So this is not me pulling it out the ether. There's no point in that. What's the point? You either deal with um, facts and what people who should know say, or you don't. So this is the headline to start with, which will shock a lot of people, I'm sure. There is no COVID-19. It doesn't exist. And I'm going to explain today why that is and how, therefore, a pandemic perception could be pulled off. Now, one of the doctors that I've been uh, looking at is called Andrew Kaufman. He is a um, medical doctor in America. He works in psychiatry now. And he, like a lot of these um, doctors you'll never see on the BBC, started looking at the sequence of events that's led us to where we are now. And this is how it went. People started getting ill, for whatever reason, in China. And the Chinese um, authorities took genetic material from the fluid in the lungs of people who got ill, only a few, a very small number. And they, uh, they found what they, um, what we would call genetic material. It wasn't an isolated virus. It was genetic material which can be there from a long list of causes, including lung cancer, by the way. And they decided that what was causing the illness was a virus, which has got the name COVID-19. But at no time did they isolate that so-called virus from the rest of the genetic material, much of which will be found in the bodies of most people. So they start out before they um, started testing, diagnosing people in China from symptoms. And you will have heard this constantly recurring theme about coronavirus or COVID-19, because there's lots of coronaviruses, COVID-19 symptoms. And you'll hear this recurring uh, uh, line, flu-like symptoms. Now, these flu-like symptoms can be caused by a great range of different causes. 
but they decided on symptoms which could come from many different causes that those symptoms were now COVID-19. So you had flu-like symptoms, COVID-19. <coughs> COVID-19. And so the numbers got bigger and bigger. And when we get to 5G, there is another element to this, which I also want to talk about in relation to China and in relation to the West as well. But they then develop this test or start using this test to test for COVID-19. And it's called an RT-PCR test. And wait for it, it doesn't test for COVID-19. It tests for the genetic material, which um, has a, a loads of different uh, um, content caused by many, many, many different possible causes. And if you test positive for the genetic material, not COVID-19, you are um, diagnosed to have COVID-19, and if you die, to have died um, from it. Now let's look at this RT-PCR test. It was um, developed, invented, by a guy called um, Kerry uh, Mullis, a biochemist in America, in 1984. And um, it's used to, to try to diagnose many things. The same test has been used to try to diagnose lung cancer. The same test of genetic material that they are saying, you test positive, you've got COVID-19. Now, what did this Kerry Mullis say, the inventor of the test? Oh, we get, must get more people tested for COVID-19. The inventor of the test, what did he say? This test should not be used to diagnose infectious disease. The inventor of it said that. What are they doing to tell us who has and has not got this so-called COVID-19? the test that he says shouldn't be used for that very thing. So you, you test for this um, genetic material and you've got COVID-19, but there's another part of this. What this test does is it amplifies the material. In other words, it makes it larger, keep it simple. And as it gets larger, in the cycles of amplification, what you say is causing the disease gets bigger and you can see it more, or say you, you can, I'm gonna to come to that in a second. But all the other content of the genetic material also gets amplified. And loads of this genetic material is an already in the body of virtually everybody. And this is how the test works. You can fix the figures so easy like this. You do, say, 30, 35 cycles of amplification. You're going to bring into the, the test positive um, a series of things within that genetic material that become um, there to be seen at that level. 
So you're going to uh, get some positives, which you're going to call COVID-19, but you're going to get some negatives because um, you haven't brought all that material into the testing process. But you amplify the genetic material, say, I don't know, 60 times. You have brought so much of the content of the genetic material to be um, entering the test process that at that level of amplification, virtually everybody will test positive because all the genetic material that's in most people's body will now be um, testing positive in the test through this greater amplification. This means that the number of cycles of amplification you use, say in different countries, dictates how many positive tests you get. And, and, and therefore, all you've got to do is um, increase the amplification. You're going to get more and more positives, and you're going to call them COVID-19. And amplification is how sensitive that test is. Imagine you've got something the size of a pin, symbolically, it's a pinhead. You can't really um, understand it because it, it, it's so, so small. You amplify it, and it becomes uh, uh, much greater, and you can now start um, um, looking at different elements of it. And that's what the test does, it amplifies that. It amplifies okay. amplification. And um, another thing is that um, in 1890, a guy called Robert Koch, who was a bacteriologist and a physician, he developed something called the Koch postulate. And these were four criteria for proving that an agent, a so-called infectious agent, is the cause of what you say it is. This includes everyone who is subject to this agent has the same symptoms. Two, that you have isolated this agent, call it a virus, bacteria, whatever, you've isolated it, so there's no other material, only that, so there's no contamination, there's no false positives in the way I've described, you are only isolating that. But when you take that and you, say, inject it into a living host, that host will get what you say that is causing. And when you've got that host, you are able, number four, to take that material you say is causing the, the illness, the infectious illness, out of the person and again inject it into someone else and they will get it. In terms of COVID-19, not one single one of those four Koch postulates, which have been used since 1890 by mainstream medicine the world over to prove that this is infecting and causing that, not one of them have been used and fulfilled, none of them. So then we come to something else that Andrew Kaufman um, identified, which is, was a tremendous uh, piece of observation and uh, research. You can see it in his video um, on uh, davidite.com when this is over. 
What happens when a cell gets poisoned is it secretes something called exosomes. This is part of the natural, everyday um, immune system response to poison cells. And these exosomes, as they are released, and they're only released when the cell is poisoned, and it can be poisoned through many, many reasons. It can be toxicity. Wait for this one. It can be poisoned through stress and fear. You imagine the stress and fear that's going on in the world now during this lockdown. It can be caused by disease, infection, and it can be caused by electromagnetic fields, which will become very relevant when we get into 5G. So these exosomes are released, and one of the, um, the roles of exosomes is poison cells warning other cells as they, as they travel around, there's a problem. Get ready, look, there's a problem here. So, all you have to do to get exosomes released is to have poison cells by these various reasons. What Kaufman um, started looking at was under the microscope uh, pictures of exosomes, what they look like. And then he looked at an under-the-microscope picture of what he's claimed to be COVID-19. These two were exactly the same. He then starts looking at the genetic makeup of the exosomes, which you will find in the uh, lung uh, fluid of people who have problems with the lungs because the problems are generating the release of exosomes. And he looked at the genetic makeup claimed for COVID-19. They are exactly the same in every relevant way. An exosome and so-called COVID-19 even lock into the same cell receptors as each other. They are, as Kaufman has clearly shown, the same thing. So what's gone on here is they've taken a natural response mechanism of the body, immune system, to poisonous cells, and they've renamed it COVID-19. Now this genetic material they've taken from the lungs of people uh, and what is the basis of this test will contain by its very nature these exosomes. So they're finding a natural um, human immune system response mechanism, this secretion from poison cells and they're calling it COVID-19. And because anyone who has any level of cellular toxicity is going to 
produce these exosomes, then the potential for, um, for positive tests, yes, COVID-19, it's a pandemic, is endless. So what has happened is it was decided in China, and by the way, if you get deeper into this, and I hope we will later, about why, why this is being done, this global cult that I have been um, exposing for 30 years, that is uh, pushing the world towards this global fascist Orwellian state, which I've been saying was coming for 30 years, hello, we're here, has no borders. It operates in every country in the shadows. Politicians are just here today, gone tomorrow. That's always there. China is one of its biggest centers, along with America, Israel, um, Britain, Germany, Italy. And um, so just follow this sequence through. They decide in China early on and there's a 5G element to this, which we'll get into later, that it's a virus. They don't isolate the virus. They test it, or, or they diagnose it, first of all, only on symptoms. And then they start testing, and they, they use this test, which is testing for genetic material, not COVID-19. And then it starts moving out into the West. And Western doctors, nurses, medical professionals, etc., are told this COVID-19 is, is moving out. World Health Organization, it's a pandemic. And we'll get into who owns the World Health Organization later. And these are the symptoms. So what do they start doing? Anyone with flu-like symptoms now gets diagnosed COVID-19 purely on frickin' symptoms. And so the numbers start to go up. The problem is that this is supposed to be a deadly virus, but there's not enough people dying to justify that, um, that description. So this is what they start doing. Anyone who gets ill for any reason whatsoever, by the way, even falling down the frickin' stairs and goes to hospital, they now get tested for COVID-19. Now, because they're testing for genetic material, which is in lots of people's bodies, they get lots of positives. And although they're in hospital for late-stage cancer, for heart um, disease and heart failure and for uh, uh, other caused flu-like symptoms, if they've tested positive for COVID-19, when they die, they are diagnosed as having died officially from COVID-19. This is why you are having more and more people, families, loved ones, saying, my family member, whatever, 
has been diagnosed as having died from COVID-19. And they didn't. They died from this, they died from that. They've had it for ages. Great example. Uh, for people around the world watching this, um, there was um, one time a, a famous comedian called Eddie Large in a, um, a comedy duo called Little and Large. And Eddie Large has had a heart problem for a while, it seems. And he goes into hospital with heart failure. While he's in hospital, he gets um, diagnosed with COVID-19, of course, tested him. And when he died, the wording in the paper, papers, in the media, was that Eddie Large died in hospital after testing positive for COVID-19. He died of a failing heart. COVID-19 will be the diagnosis and the numbers keep going up. And you're saying the total numbers of deaths in the world has not changed anomalously, but we've reclassified them as COVID-19 because they tested positive. And you said the language is interesting because they don't say they died from COVID-19, they died from after testing positive to COVID-19. This is interesting. Um, I've made, been making this point now for some, some many days. Watch the media language as they used with Eddie Large. Overwhelmingly, they're not saying that this person or this number have died from COVID-19. Oh, difficult to die from something you, you can't even prove exists. They say, this is the wording, and you see it repeated all the time. This person or this number died after testing positive for COVID-19. Not that they died from it, but look at the implication. Oh, Eddie Large, he died from COVID-19. Oh, everyone's getting it. Um, and so um, you have control of the figures by the way you transfer symptoms from other causes to you've got COVID-19. You control the figures by the way you test, not for COVID-19, but for a genetic material. And you control the death figures by who you designate as died from COVID-19 um, when they've died from other things. You know, people are being designated to have died from COVID-19 who have late stage cancer. And here's a figure for you, Brian. This is official figures from the Italian medical uh, uh, establishment, what we would call in Britain the National Health Service. 99% of people who have died from COVID-19 in Italy, 99% have had one, two, three or more other health problems for which they were in hospital or for which they were suffering. And so it's so easy to take people dying of other things and to then designate them uh, COVID-19. This is not to say all the nurses and all the doctors are in on it. You only need a hierarchy to say this is what you have to do and they do it. This is how it works. And you mentioned something uh, uh, um, very important. The last time I looked, 
the death figures from all causes in Europe overall and in the United Kingdom had not risen compared with last year etc to the extent that even begins to encompass all the people we are told are dying from COVID-19 and the reason that is but that could change for reasons I'll come to when we get to 5G the reason that is is vastly more people are not dying they're being designated to have died from COVID-19 when they've died from other things now let's look at Lombardy which is the center of the Italian outbreak which has been such a focus of attention and the rest of Europe and the Western world has been frightened to death or we could be Italy next Lombardy which includes Milan is notorious globally for its toxic polluted air just as Wuhan is and uh, China is and therefore vastly more people die every year in Lombardy not least from lung problems than do in the rest of Italy the last figures I saw just a, f a small few hundred under 100,000 people died in a year in Lombardy the next um, second place Italian region Lazio was 57,000 so you have an area of Italy where loads of people die not least from lung disease and you have tremendous um, potential therefore to make this um, diagnostic leap which takes people dying of other things and makes it seem as if they've died from COVID-19 and therefore you you control the figures and what you can do you can test in a certain way and you can diagnose in a certain way and the figures go up and then when you diagnose and test in a different way maybe you remove uh, reduce the number of cycles of amplification of this genetic material that you uh, you're using in the test the figures go down have you noticed something mate we had in China this this extraordinary um, reaction the lockdown they were building new hospitals in a week to ten days to meet the absolute devastating crisis of this virus right in next to no time by comparison with where they were those hospitals are closed the numbers have plummeted they say they're now starting flights the economy is reopening people are going back out on the streets what what happened suddenly to change all that because it was suddenly but if you are testing people in a certain way and you're diagnosing people in a certain way and we're going to bring 5g into this later on as well then you change the diagnosis and you change the way you're testing and what, what happens to the numbers? They frickin' plummet. Now, 
Another aspect of this, Brian, which is sickening beyond belief, but I've seen enough evidence to see that it's true from people that have contacted me and people have even said, said things on social media about you know, what's happened to their loved ones. They want, I want to say they, I mean this cult, which controls the, the pyramid of reaction. They obviously want as many dead people as possible that can be designated COVID-19 because that adds to this whole pandemic. And we're going to talk about why later. We are going to talk about why because it's very, very big and simple reason why. And it relates to why there's a lockdown at all. But what's clearly happening is that old people in hospital for anything, First of all, they're being tested for COVID-19, this genetic material. And for reasons I've explained, they're going to, um, a lot of them are going to test positive. Not for the virus, for the genetic material. They're going to them, and according to loved ones and families, um, the people on, on, the, on the ward, etc., have said to them it's government policy. And they're trying to get these old people you know the old people that the lockdown was to protect? Yeah, right. They're trying to get them to sign do not resuscitate forms, which means they can be allowed to die and not resuscitated. And when they die without resuscitation, they will be called uh, COVID-19. Have you noticed how, how this, this is now starting to seep out? Oh, we may, we may have to make choices yeah. about the triage, about who we, um, who we treat, you know, and the older people. Well, you know, we're going to have to make some hard choices. Old people that you're telling not to resuscitate, uh, uh, to sign non-resuscitation forms, right? So they are, um, they are despicably abusing the very old people that they say this lockdown is to protect. One of the um, family members that contacted me talked about her 83-year-old mother who was in hospital for an orthopedic reason. Not some bloody virus. And the doctors came along to her and tried to get her to sign a do not resuscitate form for she's got an orthopedic problem. Um, and, you know, she had her faculties about her and she refused. But a lot of people won't. Because a lot of old people won't. They won't know what's going on. And they're trying to get them to sign it so they can save the other people. That's that what, they say, what they say. But what, what I mean, Orwellian language, Brian, you have to invert everything. They're getting them to sign it so that so that um, they can let them die. And everyone who dies is a COVID-19 because they've tested. This is the scam that's going on. And um, what it means is that they control the figures by the way that they test, by the way they diagnose, and the way they count them. And thus, the figures can be allowed to go up and up and up to justify further lockdown. And then when they think, as I said towards the end of our last interview a couple of weeks ago, um, when will it be over? It will be over, actually temporarily, I'll, we can come to that later, when they think they have reached the point 
where everything they want from this, which is a completely destroyed global economy, it is vast numbers of people who've lost their independent livelihood and income and thus become dependent on the state and you do what the state says if you want your pittance every month. They will bring an end to this and bring the numbers down. Oh, we, we're past the curve. Um, when they think it's gone far enough for them to have got everything they wanted from it. Look at China. Look at China. They did exactly the same. Oh, it's terrible, terrible. Oh, gone. How can it be gone in China? How can it be gone? It doesn't make any sense. No sense. Billion plus people. No sense. This is infectious in urban environments. They have them everywhere. No people sense. say they're lying about those numbers. I had a doctor on this as the CIA has seen these funeral urns yeah, being bought yeah, well, and those are going through the roof. Well, all you can say is that they're, they're, they're opening up China, they're opening up industry, people are going out on the street and, and they're opening up um, uh, um, uh, air, air, air uh, travel um, again. Um, the, the, the whole um, uh, point is, however, that the authorities control the figures so they control, and there's another way that they can control the figures when we get into 5G. Um, and thus, um, they can decide when this thing comes down, anytime they want, just by changing the way that they count and changing the way that they, that they, test. Uh, they, they test. Now, look at this sequence. They were not getting enough dead people from this virus to justify the fact that it was lethal. The vast, overwhelming majority of people have no symptoms or mild symptoms. Now, just before I go to this point, something else I should add. This RT-PCR test cannot and does not test for how much of a quote virus you have and I will be sitting here now you'll be sitting there now everyone watching this program will be sitting there and they have all these different um, uh, what people call viruses um, actually part of the natural immune system but they will have that in their bodies and it will be at a level loads of it and it will be at a level that will never trouble them that's why you can test positive for something and have no symptoms, because it's at such a low level, it's going to trouble you. Your immune system will sort that out, keeps it all under control. So um, what um, you um, can't do with this test is test for how much of a, quote, virus you actually have. And in the words of one um, doctor scientists that I've uh, quoted in recent times, um, you need massive amounts of it for you to be sick. So they can't even begin to tell you if your sickness is from some virus or other unless they can test how much of it you have. And this test doesn't do that. So you don't have enough dead people to justify the fact that this is lethal. But you want a lockdown. You want this lockdown for much greater reasons, uh, which we'll come to. So what you do 
is you say, oh, yeah, well, not that many people have died so far, but what's coming, have you noticed all around the world, that's what you're getting? Oh, wait for the surge. Well, the surge can come anytime they want to increase the way that they test and increase the way that they um, count the numbers. So they can create a surge, that's not a problem, or the illusion of one, but it's in the future. So along comes, in this country, and they also advised America too, and other countries in the same way, along comes, while Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, um, uh, is saying, oh, there's no need for this, there's no need to shut the football down, you know, no, and there's no need to close the schools, you remember that? Along comes Imperial College. And Imperial College um, specialise in absolutely shite computer modelling. They have a terrible history for it um, over the years. Uh, you know the computer, the computer models that say the ice caps should have gone by now, right? Because um, we're all dying from global warming. How do you know? Because my computer model says so, right? So they computer modelled COVID-19. Particularly a guy called Professor Neil Ferguson, who should never, ever, in the entirety of his life, ever advise any government ever again. And he says, Mr. Johnson, 250,000 to half a million people could die in Britain of this virus. So now, Johnson shuts himself. Because he's having people saying to him, you know, Boris, you know, this is what could happen, mate, if you don't lock it down, if you don't have social distancing and all that stuff. And you know something, mate, you're going to be blamed for it. Oh, massive change attack. And from, oh, look, we're not going to close the schools. We, you know, we don't need to close the football because the football wasn't shut down by Johnson. It was shut down by the football authorities. Suddenly, lockdown. And what they're doing all around the world, they're doing it in increments. Oh, a little bit, a little bit, and they get people used to that. And then, oh, fiercer. And they're doing it in increments. And they, 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 they plan, if we allow it, let's get into that later as well, um, they plan to, to, to push this on into... into um, uh, more extremes. Um, and so when the lockdown happens and everyone's basically under frickin' house arrest, he said, Ferguson, that um, million, two million, whatever it was, Americans were going to die from this. 2.1 million. Yeah, right. 500,000 in the UK. Yeah, exactly. When the lockdown happens, he suddenly rolls back, right? Oh, no, it's uh, less than 20,000. Someone else from uh, Imperial College, which is very closely connected to Freemasons, by the way, and, and uh, Freemasonry. And by the way, the part of the college where Ferguson works takes funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which we are going to get in seriously to later on. Because Gates is absolutely, as a gopher, but a rich one of this uh, cult, he is right involved in this, in ways that we'll come to. So now he's rolling it back. And, and they, 
someone else from Imperial College um, suddenly says, oh, no, it could be 7,500 who'll die. Yeah, or even less. I heard like 5,700 or yeah. something. But the lockdowns happened. And the lockdown happened on the, it's going to be quarter to half a million, right? You imagine, Brian, another computer modeler came along, government advisor. Well, I, uh, my model says that ain't going to happen. No, 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 no. We don't have to shut anything down. It's not going to happen. How long would he be a government advisor? <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds. They get what they want to do uh, what they want. And so um, we are now in this lockdown um, and in a matter of days, weeks at most, we have gone from the, what people perceived as a free world to um, global fascism, global tyranny, in which a tiny, tiny few people have got billions half the world's population under house arrest and it's been done by scamming this um, whole COVID-19 thing which brings me mate to 5G. Before we go to 5G question for you. Go on. I've been watching Trump's uh, uh, live conferences every night and he has Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks that come up. Are they aware that this test might not be accurate. Are they part of this or are they just following the numbers? Oh, you tested, okay. Oh, you tested, then that's a death. Are they part of this or are they just reacting as you, medical professionals you, and you, scientists? You, you'd, you'd, have, you'd have to do serious research into both of them to, to answer that question, but this is how it works. You've got, you've got a pyramid. This is how this cult works. You've got a pyramid and at the top are the inner circle of the cult that are driving this globally. Um, as you come down from the pyramid peak, you're meeting more and more and more people, but each step down know less and less and less of what they know. Because the only way that a few can manipulate the world as they do is by fierce compartmentalization, where people only know what they need to know to make their contribution without knowing how their contribution connects with their contribution and theirs and theirs and theirs, to um, create a very different picture to what they think they're actually part of. So as you come down at the top of the pyramid, they absolutely know they're manipulating, they know it's a scam, but you're, you're, you're in the medical profession and you are um, told these are the symptoms. When you see these symptoms, you diagnose COVID-19. When anyone comes into hospital, you test for COVID-19. If they die of whatever, you put COVID-19 on the death certificate. That's, so what, what, what's this great line? In and after every tyranny, I was only following orders. This is how it works. But some nurses and some medical professions, one I'm going to uh, professionals, one I'm going to come to in a second with 5G, have broken ranks and said, this is crap. A, we're diagnosing COVID-19 for people at uh, uh, death that, that, that have not died from it and so on. And, and also, we're being asked to get old people to sign do not resuscitate forms. So some of them are breaking ranks, but most of them won't. They just carry on and just 
you know, they might complain and moan under their breath, but they do it. This is how it works. So you, 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 you have this World Health Organization. Who's the second biggest funder of the World Health Organization, second only to the United States government? Bill Gates. He owns it. And um, so this Tedros, this uh, guy from Ethiopia, from the Marxist um, human rights destroying government of Ethiopia, who was the health minister of um, Ethiopia and was caught out three times for covering up cholera epidemics, he's head of the World Health Organization for no other reason than he'll do what he's told. So the World Health Organization is driving this policy, a World Health Organization uh, created by the Rockefellers, by the way. That is constantly making the wrong calls yeah. the last few months. The right call for the cult, the wrong call for humanity. And so this, from this World Health Organization, you're having this policy and this way of doing things coming down. Uh, and uh, you um, therefore just follow it. You follow the protocol. And I'll give you a great example of that in a second when we get to uh, 5G. Um, so, because China imposed that vicious draconian lockdown and then the numbers started falling, what did that do? It set the precedent in countries that followed the way to deal with this like China has is to have a lockdown and keep people away from each other so it's a scam and this cult is orchestrating it while the I, I put a I put a meme on the internet uh, 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 in the last fortnight and it's a picture of the earth and it says ruled by psychopaths run by idiots and that dynamic is how it works You've got the psychopaths in the background who are orchestrating it, and then you've got the clueless, who am I, where am I, what's going on, people in politics, etc., who are, are responding to that policy, like, oh, everyone's going to die, oh, we better lock down then, who are clueless about what's actually going on. Um, yeah, I don't feel like Trump and Boris are part of this grand scheme. They look like they're reacting to a situation and trying to save themselves politically and maybe trying to save people based on those constraints or those beliefs. You, you, you look at Boris Johnson, who's, as we speak, he's, he's in hospital, they've got him out of the way, really. Um, and isn't it amazing, all those people at the press conference every day, COVID-19, COVID-19 lockdown, all got, all got COVID-19 at the same time. I thought it was very strange. Anyway, um, you look at Boris Johnson's face. He looks a bewildered, lost man. Because he ain't calling the shots. He'll get the blame for it. But he ain't calling the shots. His advisors are calling the shots. That's what's driving it. The shadows are driving the policy. This is why the same policy is happening in every country, because it's centrally, globally um, um, dictated. And uh, Trump has tried to, you know, I, I have great problems with Trump, but Trump has tried, at least publicly, to push back against this because they know their own political careers as prime minister and president are going to be absolutely destroyed by this economic Armageddon that these lockdowns have created based on what? Fricking computer models and a bloody virus that doesn't exist and never has been shown to be. So they've been pushing back, but look at the pressure. Mr. Trump, 
Two million Americans are going to die if you don't lock the country down. Right? So if we, if we come to 5G, um, it's funny because the, the first time I sat here and we chatted, what was it? Was it be 2018? Yeah, yeah, two yeah. Years, over two years ago. 2018. Two years ago. Part of that chat was about my opinion of 5G. And some people have, have, have started putting this, those clips out on the internet. Um, because I pointed out that 5G was a tremendously greater power of electromagnetic energy than we've ever seen before. It's not just a little touch on from 4G. 4G is bad enough, 3G is bad enough, but it's not just a touch on from, from 4G. It's a whole new part of the, uh, the um, electromagnetic spectrum, millimeter waves and immensely more powerful than everything we've seen before. Now, the human body um, is an electromagnetic field. The brain communicates with the, with the rest of the body and the cells electrically. It processes thought, information, electrically. We are on one level electrical, electromagnetic um, organisms, entities. When that electromagnetic field is in balance, we are healthy. When it is in imbalance or disharmony, we get dis-ease, disease, disharmony, which manifests as what we call physical disease and psychological disease through the way the uh, processing of information by the brain is affected. We are now being bombarded 24-7 by electromagnetic, technologically generated electromagnetic fields and Wi-Fi. And in this period of running up to this virus, we've had the introduction in more and more places of 5G. Now, there's a, there's a book called The Invisible Rainbow by a man called Arthur Furstenberg. And he has been researching the impact on health of electromagnetic fields, technologically generated, for a long time. And um, in this book, he documents that every time we have had a major, quote, epidemic, global epidemic, going back to, to um, Spanish flu in 1918, which had nothing to do with Spain. It came out of military bases. That every time we've had this pandemic situation, so often with flu-like symptoms, it has preceded the introduction of another level of power of technologically generated radiation. And Furstenberg said in 2018, before 5G and before COVID-19, that every single um, massive increase in technologically generated radiation impacting on the Earth's magnetic field, which we're interacting with all the time, has produced massive problems in terms of health for the human population. 
He said that in 2018. In 2019, they introduce 5G, which some of us and loads of doctors and scientists who call for it to be stopped because it hadn't been tested, they admit that for its impact on psychology and human health. Has it had any independent testing? None. The only independent testing it's had, which has been by truly independent people outside of the, the telecommunications industry, um, you've seen people say this could be disastrous for human health and they've called for it to be stopped. Doctors, scientists from 41 countries have, tried, have, have, have signed letters saying this has got to be stopped. Of course it wasn't stopped. And the reason that it's been rolled out without testing, which they've admitted on Capitol Hill, um, uh, a, um, a senator asked the members of the telecommunications industry, this was last year, how much testing have you done how much money have you spent on testing the effect of 5G on human health? And they said, zero. Reason that is because if they had, and that had been publicly uh, published, 5G would never have been allowed. So, but the telecom companies don't want to hurt us with the 5G, not them particularly. We come back to the pyramid. The telecommunications industry is owned by this cult, ultimately, because what the telecommunications industry is doing with all this smart technology and satellites, which we'll get to in a second, beaming 5G every inch of the earth, is absolutely crucial to total human control via artificial intelligence. So in the pyramid of the telecommunications industry, there will be lots of people here who are clueless about the impact and really wouldn't really want to look at it because look at all the dollars available. But when you get to that level of the telecommunications industry, the focal point of control, they absolutely know what it's going to do. And why? Because they want that done, because they want its that effect on humanity. They have the ability to manipulate people psychologically and, 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 and just basically, uh, they could do a mass cull with 5G. So what does 5G do? What does 4G do, but 5G even more? It poisons the cells which get poisoned by technological electromagnetic fields the cells get poisoned. They release exosomes as a immune response and they test for COVID-19. So, where was the first Chinese city to introduce 5G just before the virus broke out? Wuhan. So here's another scenario that people might just take on board and think about. Um, and by the way, before I say that, while this lockdown has been going on, I know from communications to, to me and Gaz and Jamie at um, davidite.com, I know from all the postings on the internet, not just in Britain, but around the world in America, 
that while this lockdown has been going on, 5G uh, masts are being rolled out at a very rapid rate. In the same period of this lockdown, something like another 21 towns and cities have been opened in Britain to um, 5G. Uh, 5G is um, being um, um, rolled out all over the world at a very uh, great rate of knots. This is a time where everything is supposed to be stopped. Yeah. And they're still building towers overnight. Yes, uh, because that's considered um, essential work. And to the cult, it is essential because they want 5G everywhere. At the same time that this um, is happening in terms of towers all over the world being rolled out. And of course, people are, are, are not able to protest because they are isolated from each other and under house arrest. That's why they're doing it. Um, Elon Musk, who is, I wouldn't call him a psychopath because that's not enough. This man is a super psychopath. Reason, he knows what this impact is going to be. He is putting, week by week, more and more satellites at low altitudes, beaming 5G at the Earth. And he um, has permission for like tens of thousands already, and he's just getting towards that goal. What he wants is 42,000. Already, with just the, the ones he's got up there now, the astronomy um, community... He's been complaining around the world. They can't see the frickin' night sky anymore because of these satellites which are beaming 5G at the Earth. And while this lockdown has been on, uh, he has been given permission by the Federal Communications Commission, which allowed the rollout of 5G without testing because it's owned by the cult. He's been given permission for a million and ground antenna in America, which will, through electromagnetic uh, fields, um, connect with the satellites. Because what they're creating, I've been writing this for decades, they are creating a technological sub-reality of 5G, what they call the smart grid, surrounding the, the world with satellites and pouring this stuff in because they're creating a sub-reality to which the human mind will be connected to via AI, and they're even giving you a time when this would start to happen in, uh, in, in, in a serious way, 2030, a, a, a year that keeps coming up for everything. So that's what is going on. And he got this permission during the lockdown. Yes, during the lockdown. Now, let's just look at this. Let's take a Chinese scenario, and, but I've got to say this first. 5G is a range of frequencies. It's not one frequency. Now, they're starting here, but they want to go there. And they can already go there, and going there has great implications uh, in the ways that I'm going to describe. If people go to that package for London Real, viewers on my website, they'll see in the line of videos a New York doctor. This is a New York doctor who's so exasperated he made a video, he just kind of really stepped out of, uh, out of the, uh, the line, out of the box. And he's been working at a um, 
emergency intensive care unit at a hospital in New York. And what he says on this video is, look, this is not COVID-19. It's not what we're told it is. He says, we were told, look at the pyramid, right? And, and everyone does as they're told. He said, we were told to treat people with lung problems that come to us as people who have an infectious disease called COVID-19. He said, that is not what we are seeing. After the interview, go and see him, talk uh, on the video. This is not what we're seeing, he said. He said, I've never seen anything like this in terms of what I'm seeing in the lungs of these people and, and, and what these people um, are suffering and dying from. This is what he said. Their lungs look like someone who's flying at 30,000 feet and there's cabin pressure disappears, the oxygen disappears and they slowly die of lack of oxygen. He said another analogy, it's like their lungs look like something I would expect if you took someone and you put them on the top of Everest with no acclimatization and obviously no breathing apparatus, you would expect their lungs to do that. He said, I don't know what's going on, but it's not COVID-19, it's not an infectious disease, and I've never seen anything like it. Now, and this is admitted by the telecommunications industry. 5G at 60 gigahertz, which is where they want to take it, and I say already bloody have on the quiet, stops the human body and blood absorbing oxygen. If someone is hit by 60 gigahertz frequencies of 5G, they will not be able to absorb enough oxygen. They would just collapse in the street. Um, and that, those symptoms, that outcome, is so exactly what this doctor in New York is describing, he is seeing, but says, I don't know what's going on, never seen anything like it. And, you know, let me just bring this around. They have not had enough dead people, despite uh, fixing the figures and getting as many people to die of COVID-19 as possible, to justify the fact that it's this vastly deadly um, virus. But at the same time, the death figures are basically not going up of all causes. They're building morgues. They're turning football pitches into morgues. They're doing it in many, many countries. They're, they're um, having um, preparations for lots and lots of dead people. Ha! What's they don't fit, except 
just fixing the figures wouldn't justify filling those because they'd never do it. And if they're building all these um, massive mortuaries, etc., and the figures start to go down, as they have in China, oh, we threw it, they're going to look total prats. So why are they doing it? Well, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying this is a something that we should watch for. The more, this is why they're doing it now, rolling out all these 5G towers, etc., everywhere, these satellites, the more that they expand 5G, the more 5G is going to impact upon the population's health. And the more it impacts upon the population's health, the more they can say it's caused by COVID-19. And if they start firing out 5G at 60 gigahertz, they're going to have a lot of people who are going to keel over because they can't absorb oxygen. Now, if they did that, they could start filling mortuaries and they could say, look, this is the, this is the, the virus, what it's doing, we must have even more lockdown and it must go on and on and on and on. So we need to watch for that. If, given the, given the, the, the figures and the numbers we've had so far, if people start going down in, in, in large numbers, in anywhere in the world where there's 5G, and, um, and end up in these mortuaries, we should start to question big time and put two and two together. Because that happening on the trajectory of figures so far would be unexplainable, but not if they're taking oxygen out of the atmosphere. And it can be done in a very small area. You can target a, um, an old people's home and you can, take five, you can take the oxygen out with 5G and people will die. And you'll say COVID-19. And you know what's happening? And there's been, you know, what are now called citizen journalists. People who go out with their cameras and their, their, um, their phone cameras to film this stuff. What they're doing while the schools are closed, what they're doing while people are locked away, is they're putting 5G into schools. You know where else they're putting 5G? Into frickin' hospitals. They're putting 5G everywhere. And so once this is set up, they have the ability to manipulate people psychologically and physically. And th where this is all leading, well, part of where it's all leading, is to the vaccine. Mm. Now, before we get to the vaccine, there's hospitals that, that we've seen that are vacant. Yeah. There are these emergency things that are vacant. And some of these curbs are, we're told, are flattening, mm -hmm. which means, like you said, they're not going to be used, no. which is going to make this all look like a big overreaction, which is going to make all these lockdown powers be able to easily be reversed. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. So, so the, the question is, are they going to allow that to happen and just say, oh, no, because this is the key. This is the scam. When these figures that this Imperial College and this Neil Ferguson Pratt um, claimed don't manifest, what are they going to say? The lockdown was the reason they didn't manifest. So basically they can't lose. But they locked down Italy on March the 9th and the figures had just gone and gone and gone and up week after week after week after week. Whereas in China they went down like that. 
Um, so, uh, w will they just let it go down and, and that's the end of it? Or are they building these massively overreacting um, morgues, etc., for a reason? Because you're absolutely right. We are told by the media, and by the media I don't mean journalists, by the way. They'll never be journalists. Um, we're talking about war zone hospitals. Now, if they start using 60 gigahertz 5G to take um, out people absorbing oxygen, then they, they may well be war zone hospitals in that, in, in that scenario. But as things are, they're not war zone hospitals. People have been going around all over the world, you're absolutely right what you say, to these war zone hospitals. They're freaking empty. They're empty. One guy went round a hospital in um, Stoke Mandeville for two hours filming everything. Bloody place was empty. What did they do? Did they, well, well done, mate. What, why is this hospital empty? It's supposed to be a war zone. They've jailed him for doing that. Um, and the, the, you look, you mentioned it earlier. This is a very important point. We have in this country a government department, a government censor, called Ofcom, um, Office of Communications, which is the regulator of British broadcasters. They have said, and it's, it's run by um, a lady called Melanie Dawes. And we need to note these names down, ladies and gentlemen. And when we're through this, at some, at some level through it, these people have to be called to account. We have a situation where this lady and her organisation, which is a government department, has told um, British broadcasters, and of course they've complied spinelessly as usual, that they will face serious sanctions if they allow any discussion on their television stations and radio stations about any connection between 5G and so-called COVID-19. The British government, through this other idiot, um, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, you know, people are sitting there all over the houses, 66 million people in this country, oh, yeah, sitting in my house and doing as I'm told, because this, this guy who you wouldn't let run a, 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 you know, a Lego house, Hancock, is saying that everyone must do that. I mean, what are we doing anyway? People like him are now saying to the, the giants of Silicon Valley, your Zuckerbergs at um, Facebook, your Brins and Pages at Google, and your Wachowskis at Google own YouTube, etc., that they should ban people who are making a connection between 5G and this um, uh, COVID-19 crisis. So... That tells you, one, they couldn't care less about freedom and the right to free debate. Thus, they have no right to be in government and no right to be running a broadcast regulator. But it tells you something else. Number two, it tells you there is a link between 5G and this health crisis, COVID-19 as they call it. 
there is a link. There's only one reason they don't want it discussed, because there is a link. And who's been promoting 5G and the rollout of 5G? Who runs the licenses for 5G? Ofcom, same woman. So, there is a link between 5G and this so-called COVID-19, the situation we're facing. That's why they want to shut it down. If you can't win a debate, and they can't win this one, then don't have it. That is the motto of every tyranny in known human history. And uh, so... And this is the only thing they're telling broadcasters not to talk about. They're yeah. not talking about, don't talk about the vaccines, don't talk about the this. It's this specific thing. Yeah. And they're going out there. If I was a radio station or television station right now, we'd, I'd probably be arrested. We would be shut down yeah. today. Um, but we're not because we're not governed by them right now. Right now. But, I mean, I mean the, the, they want the censorship to go on and on and on because... Um, you see, when, when your conspiracy is control of perception, which means control of behavior, see, the control of perception, there is a virus and it's dangerous, has led to behavior of compliance with house arrest. If people realize there is no frickin' virus and it's a total scam, then their l likelihood of... Um, acquiescing in that way is less because their perception is different so their behavior is different so where does perception come from it comes from information received that's why they want to dominate control of information and let's just ask this question say there's no connection whatsoever between 5g and this COVID-19 um, so-called pandemic say there's no connection what harm is done by discussing whether there is in a, on a broadcast station? None. So the reason they don't want it discussed is there is a frickin' link. Uh, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, the broadcasters are just, um, uh, you know, yes, miss, sorry, miss, uh, shows that they're next to bleeding useless. It's, it's, it's websites like mine, it's... London Real and, and, and such organizations around the world where the real journalism goes on and the real information is made available to people. Because don't ask, don't ask um, the mainstream to tell you. Um, I mean, the BBC, the BBC is, is, is not a news organization. It's a government department. What they call journalists are actually civil servants in truth. Call themselves journalists, they're not. You look at any situation and the BBC will tow the establishment line and promote nothing but that line and not allow questioning of it every time. BBC, BBC is long past the point where it is any use to anyone except the government. And, and so we, we, we come around to vaccines. vaccines. First of all, 5G Go. towers in Belfast, Liverpool, Birmingham in the last week have been burned. And overnight because people are responding. There's all of this stuff going on in the Facebook groups. What do you think of that? And I know towards the end of this, you're going to tell us about next steps for us, but what do you think about that action? It's not for me to tell anyone what to do um, because that's their right to choose. But you look at the situation and if 5G continues and reaches where they want to take it, 
human life as we've known it is over. I've been saying this for so long. Oh, you're mad. That David Icke's mad. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not laughing now, are you? Um, so people have to make a decision. You know, I am personally um, absolutely anti-violence against people. Um, and I, I don't see violence uh, against uh, people um, taking us absolutely anywhere. Um, it, it, it's just, an, uh, you know, if, if, if you use violence against people in the name of um, doing something you believe to be right, then you're, you're just a mirror of what you are seeking to fight. You know, I have this phrase, what you fight, you become. What you hate, you become. But people will have to make their own decisions. All I will say and repeat again, if this 5G continues and this rollout continues, that's it, over. Um, so um, what people decide to do about that is, um, is up to them. But it's very clear that What's happened is people have been put under house arrest on this false premise. So there's no gathering, there's no ability to protest. And so they have free reign to rapidly deploy and expand 5G. While so many people have had their employment destroyed, have had their businesses destroyed, because they are deemed by the government non-essential, whereas rapidly deploying 5G towers with all their destructive and psychological potential is deemed to be um, essential work. Now you put that little lot together and you can see that there is a massive uh, conspiracy going on here to roll out 5G without protest. And that means it ain't good for humanity. Um, and Elon Musk, who's this Silicon Valley celebrity, oh look, it's Elon Musk, um, is like all of these people involved in this, a super psychopath. He should be in jail for the rest of his um, human life. And I hope they would put him in the same cell as um, Bill Gates, because they deserve each other. Um, he is putting up more and more satellites beaming this desperately destructive 5G at the Earth. Because they, you see, when you're building a, um, a technological sub-reality to which every human being is connected via AI connections to the brain, then you have to create a situation where there is a, if you like, Wi-Fi field in every inch of the planet. The only way you're going to do that is from space, every inch of the planet. And that's what they're doing. And Elon Musk knows that. Um, and that's why he's a psychopath. Uh, talking of which, um, we may turn to um, vaccines. Bill Gates. And then when, I want to talk about the psychology of what all this is doing to us. Exactly. So where this is leading is a vaccine. Um, and in that vaccine, 
will be lots of genetic material, stuff that will trigger poison in the cells, which will trigger exosomes, which will, oh, the virus. But also in that vaccine will be nanotechnology microchips. I mentioned um, a few minutes ago that Elon Musk had got permission for a million ground antennae to interact with his satellites. These nano microchips, which are being put into us in many ways, but let's keep with the vaccines, are well beyond the ability of human sight to see. That's why they're nano. And they are known as smart dust, of course, smart on everything. They're known as nanobots. They're known as um, uh, neurobots. Lo lots of different names they give them. Smart dust will do. And the idea is to put them in the body and they will act within humans like the ground antenna act with the satellites of uh, Musk. They connect humans to this grid, this um, uh, technological sub-reality, this AI-controlled sub-reality. So um, we basically become nothing more than computer terminals. That's the idea. And I'll tell you a quick story, which will lead me round to nanomicrochips in vaccines. In the late 1990s, I was asked to um, go and see a CIA scientist in California um, because he wanted to get out things that were going on, but he couldn't, and why he couldn't became very obvious. So I went to see him at his house, he's in Southern California, and his family's there and his children are there and, and they gave me some food and, and, and we had a long chat that evening. And he wanted to tell me things that were happening because he couldn't. He said he joined the CIA, he was a scientist, because he thought he was serving his country. And he said when he got in, he realized that this conspiracy I've been exposing for 30 years was actually happening. That's why he contacted me. And he said, I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing a part in that. And he walked out. He said, next time, uh, n next thing he knew, he left home after he walked out. And he said, I've got missing time. He said, I don't know what happened after that. The next thing I know after leaving home is I woke up on this medical type bench in this room. He, he was on his own and he's lying there and he gets his faculties back and he realizes something stuck to his chest. So he opens his shirt and he was opening his shirt and showing me um, as he was telling me this story. Uh, I seriously wasn't expecting it, I can tell you. And what happens um, as he opened his shirt, on his chest was like a see-through plastic um, shampoo sachet. And inside was this orangey liquid, orangey golden type liquid. And he said, because I'd asked him the question before he did this, why do you do what you do? I, I knew what the answer was going to be, but I wanted him to tell me the, uh, uh, in his own words, why do you still work for him then? 
you said because of this. In the CIA, they call these patches. Someone's been patched. And what they did in that missing time is they manipulate their bodies. He said, he, you know, there were at least a, a thousand other scientists who were patched at the time. We're talking late 90s, about 97, something like that. Um, and he said, I am coming around to, to microchips and vaccines. Uh, and he, um, he said, in that missing time, what they do is they manipulate your body to need the drug in the patch to survive. How they do it, I don't know, but they do it. And um, he said, this patch has to be replaced every 72 hours. And if you um, are not repatched, then you start to die a very unpleasant death. And he said, I called their bluff on one occasion to see if they were just scamming me, and they weren't messing. That's what happened. So um, if he doesn't do and use his expertise to support the CIA in this uh, whole um, global cult scam and conspiracy, then he's not repatched. And he actually said to me, um, I'm holding back knowledge that I have that they want, and I'm letting them know I am, because I know from other people it's happened to, that once they think they've taken everything they can get from you, they just don't repatch you. Because then you can't go and tell anybody what the hell's been going on. So he took a lot of guts to talk to me. Anyway, this is what he also told me. Now remember, this is 1997-ish. No one's talking about nanotechnology, really. Later, it was, you know, now it's in everything, it's in food. But they weren't talking about it then in the, you know, general arena. He said, what they're doing is they are injecting people with um, tiny, tiny microchips that you can't see in vaccination programs. He told me what these chips were for. Um, and this is like late 90s. So these vaccines that are promoted by Bill Gates and funded by Bill Gates like no one else on earth, not least through an organization called Gavi. Um, and um, Bill Gates and Gavi want to vaccinate everyone. And they, do, they want something else. This Gavi organization of Bill Gates has been developing. They want, and this is the name they give, a quantum tattoo on everyone who's vaccinated so they can digitally tell if you've been vaccinated or not. Now, where this is going is this COVID-19 scam. Um, eventually, the figures will start to drop and, and they'll ease the lockdown at some point. But what they're planning is other waves. And because the lockdown precedent has been set, there won't be any run-up to lockdown with any other wave. There will be immediate lockdown. This is what it's all about. And they're getting people psychologically uh, uh, subservient to that. Um, and then they will say um, that if you have the vaccine, and currently there are seven vaccines said to be um, in the works for COVID-19, Every single one is funded by Bill Gates. This is the same Bill Gates who um, 
was involved with his um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in um, Event 201, which was a simulation of a coronavirus pandemic and how the, the, the authorities would react, exactly as they have, um, six weeks before um, the um, thing uh, came to public attention in um, China. Also uh, running that uh, Event 201 simulation of a coronavirus pandemic was the World Economic Forum, which Gates is massively involved in, this is the 1%, and an organization um, called um, well, the John Hop Johns Hopkins University Medical Operation in America. Um, also there was Johnson & Johnson, he's one of the one of that's now developing the vaccine for COVID-19. The Johns Hopkins organization that took part in that um, simulation, which turned out to be exactly as it's turned out, also ran a simulation in 2018 along the same lines. Who is collating the global figures quoted in the media of COVID-19 cases and deaths? The Johns Hopkins operation that was involved in these um, simulations. Uh, the idea is that they'll say if you want to come out of lockdown and uh, you don't want to keep going into lockdown, then you have got to have the vaccine that we say you have to have so that you are not a threat to the rest of the community. And that gives you rights. Yeah. That's this passport that Bill Gates was talking about. Yes. Uh, uh, Bill Gates is one of the most sinister people on planet Earth. And by God, think of the competition. Um, and so you um, have a situation where this is, this is where the game is going, that you have this vaccine full of shite to control you and to undermine your health so that we can have more pandemics, um, or you, are, you can't mix with the rest of the community, you can't fly, etc. Now, uh, this is why, this is the real reason why Gates uh, and Gavi this vaccine alliance um, has developed this quantum tattoo so that they can tell who's had the vaccine and who hasn't. And there will be technology that you pass through, which will pick it up to see if you, you when you're tr say trying to get on a plane, oh no, you can't, you've not been vaccinated. Is it like a chip inside of you? Well, yeah, be, in simple terms, that, that's basically what it will be. Uh, it, it, you know, exactly what technology they come up with, we'll, we'll see. But the, the principle is exactly that. Uh, and when you, when you pass through technology now, at specific points, your temperature's going to be taken. We now have, because there's, you see, what we've got to understand is that the people that run Silicon Valley are lovely people. They care, they care deeply about humanity. So, first of all, what they've been doing, they've just released it, people like Google, is they're releasing um, mobile phone tracking data to governments so governments can see if there's any gathering of people during the lockdown. Yeah, they found a bunch of kids who went to a spring break party on the beach, 70 of them, and they tracked them to 40 different states in America. I thought that was illegal to give their data up, but they're doing it. Oh, 
once you have the lockdown and you suspend democracy, which is what's happened, and you enter a tyranny that can only be described as fascistic, there are no legalities for humans anymore because the government does what it likes. And it's not the politicians, they're just clueless. It's the dark suits behind the government that, that, that drive it. So um, that's only one step from the microchip, which is where they want to go, whereby they will track you, where you where, wherever you go um, in real time, and they will say, um, ongoing, that only this amount can ever gather together because they don't want mass protests. And they'll know if you do because they'll be tracking you. Now let's go to China. I've been saying um, in the books and uh, talks for decades that if you want to see what they plan for the West tomorrow, look at China today. So in China, you have a situation. This is where what, I, what we've just been talking about is planned to go in the West, whereby there are millions of face recognition cameras. The Metropolitan Police have just introduced uh, face recognition cameras. See, in China, you've got a, 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 an open tyranny. And so this is what's happening. In the West, it's, oh, no, it, uh, we, we, it's not a tyranny. We, we're just doing it because it is good, right? They, they have to do it slower. But now they've suspended democracy. They can do it faster. So they're rolling out with this 5G, for instance. Um, and so in China, you've got millions of face recognition cameras which are constantly tracking the population in real time. You are a number, Bracket C, George Orwell, C, um, Aldous Huxley. And I've seen documentaries where they've sent someone out on the streets of China to see how long it would take to find him. Minutes. Found you. And what happens is that these um, face recognition cameras everywhere are... Through AI, they're logging your behavior. And what you do is you get social credits. You're being a good boy and girl if you behave the way the government wants. If you don't, those credits are taken away. And when you meet, re reach a certain level of credits taken away, then you start to hit consequences. Like there are millions and millions of people in China who through not behaving as the government wants are now banned from flying or banned from even going on a train. And this is what is planned. It's total and utter control. And this uh, COVID-19 scam hoax has been designed to um, create in very fast time the very global centralization of power that, um, that we have uh, or I have been um, highlighting for 30 years was coming. And how did I know that? Because if you are willing to put in the hours and the sweat um, day after day after day um, and suspend your, um, it, that can't be true, mind, you can uncover this conspiracy and you can uncover what is planned. Because this is not put together in days or even decades. Question, how did Aldous Huxley with Brave New World in 1932, how did he, how, why was he so bloody accurate 
on where the world is going now. Why was George Orwell so accurate with his book 1984, published in 1948, when he, like um, Huxley in his own way, were describing technology, like telescreens, we now call them smart TVs, although the smart TVs today are nothing like what the telescreens are meant to be, where, where you're constantly watched in your own home. How, how did people like um, Orwell, um, Eric Blair, his real name, how did he know this technology was coming when it didn't exist? How did a man called Dr. Richard Day, who was a, um, an executive of the Rockefeller organization Planned Parenthood, which came out of the eugenics movement, how did he know, I've quoted him at length in my books, in 1969, that the internet was coming? You look at what it, uh, um, this Dr. Richard Day um, said in a presentation to pediatricians in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1969, what was going to happen in the world, and it is extraordinary, not just in theme, in fine detail. One of the things that he told them that night, we're going to make boys and girls the same. Um, none of this is by accident, it's all by design. And um, he described the internet, it's supposed to have been invented in the 1980s, he described it in 1969. He described mass migrations of people into Europe in 1969, that it was coming, and why. So how do they know this? Because there is a long planned agenda for humanity leading to, a, to total and utter control through AI and control of the human mind and perception. And it's going step by step by step by step. It's what I call the totalitarian tiptoe. You go in steps and each step is promoted as unconnected to the other steps until you get down the line, you look back and you see where all the apparently but not unconnected steps have taken you in a very clear and obvious um, direction. So if you are an insider, like Day was, and by the way, before I leave that point, he was an executive of Planned Parenthood, which um, came out of the eugenics movement and was created by the Rockefeller family. Bill Gates's father was head of the Planned Parenthood and a supporter of Malthus, the eugenicist, as was, he admits himself, in my earlier days, yeah, right, Bill Gates. Um, and so th these organizations keep coming up again and again in relation to all these different people because they're all bloody um, connected. So if, you can, if you're an insider like Day, you know what's coming. And if you work your bloody ass off to uncover it, then you can predict what's coming. This is why my books over the last 30 years, um, as people are now recognizing, have been just extraordinarily prophetic in what's happening now. Why? Because if there is an agenda for the world and nothing intervenes to stop it, which is the whole point of my life, trying to make that happen, then it will happen. And in uncovering the agenda and saying this is the plan, you will, without an intervention, be predicting the future. Um, and the reason my books are so accurate in predicting the future is that they're just revealing what the plan is. Now, 
You know, the Chinese have a word which means both danger and opportunity. We, ladies and gentlemen of the human race, are now at a point of danger and opportunity. If people go on sitting on their arse and acquiescing, woof, woof, yes, sir. If people think it's bad now, whoa, what? They've not even started yet. And I've been saying in the last 30 years to people who laughed in my face, you go and look at your children and your grandchildren in the eye and you justify to them you doing nothing. Because if you think it's bad for you, just have some imagination and see the world of total, utter control, dystopia, that your children and your grandchildren are going to live in. And you come and tell me then that you're not prepared to get off your ass, to stop thinking about consequences. I'll give you bloody consequences in where we're going if we do not put aside yeah, but what are the consequences for me? What are the consequences of you not doing it? We have to stop acquiescing to this cult. And let me put it in perspective. We have a health secretary who's not got... I see no evidence that he has two brain cells to rub together. And he'll be secretary of something else eventually. He's not making the decisions, he's just a front man for the, the, the real power in the background, the advisors and such. But Matt Hancock says, you must do this. And 66 billion, without even thinking about it, do it. And we sit and we cook in the ever-expanding 5G. It goes to 60 gigahertz and we can't freaking breathe. And people are sitting there. Well, you can't. The government says. We are at a pivotal point in the history of the human race, literally. Because there will be no human race as we know it if we don't get our asses in gear now, worldwide. And people have said to me over the years, Brian, a few people can't control the world. That's ridiculous. They've got half the freaking world locked down under house arrest. Tiny few people in a matter of weeks. What do you mean they can't? They are. So, how long are we going to take it? How long are we going to take it? Of course, the next thing they'll start doing is, do, is, is sorting out the food. What can put people under more dependency than the state controlling food? And you know, I'll tell you where this is going. I've said this before, but this is where it's going. They're moving eventually into a situation where food as we've known it will go. It will be synthetic food. You know, all this, um, all these attacks on meat and stuff and all these different ways of food. Um, it's a stepping stone. It's the totalitarian tiptoe. What industry has been destroyed as much as any in the world as a, as a result of this lockdown? Restaurants uh, uh, um, and etc. Um, and they're not, they're not meant to um, exist in the long term because they want to control food. Because if they control food, they control you. Because if you don't do what you said, you don't get any food. 
This is, this is where we're going. And ultimately, to the AI connection to the human brain, where we won't even be thinking our own thoughts anymore. AI will be doing our thinking for us. Is that through the nanotechnology in yeah. the vaccine? I mean, they're, 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 but they're telling us, Brian. This guy, Ray Kurzweil, um, another bleeding psychopath, in, um, in Silicon Valley, a Google executive, he says by 2030, humans will start to have their brains connected to AI. Um, and these are his words, not mine. When that happens, AI will do more and more of human thinking until eventually human thinking as we know it will be virtually negligible. There, there is words I summarize. Now, we have a guy called um, Elon Musk. I did, I did mention he was a psychopath, didn't I? Um, and he um, came out some years ago, you might remember, said, AI could be the end of humanity. Yeah, right, and you know. You know that. And so what does he do? He starts a company called Neuralink to connect the human brain to computers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he also runs this, um, this SpaceX organization putting the satellites up, but he also runs Tesla, Tesla cars, right? And they're electric cars, right? Electric cars. Why, the British government's just done it, why are they phasing out petrol cars and diesel cars? Because where they're going is autonomous vehicles where the computer will decide where you can go. Petrol car, you get in it, you drive where you want to go. When you're in an autonomous car, um, you will go only to the limits that the computer will take the car. And those computers will be uh, encoded so that you go nowhere the government doesn't want you to go. And now, these autonomous cars, and you know these smart motorways that they're building in Britain, they're called smart motorways, very dangerous, killing a lot of people, but they don't care, they're psychopaths. Um, they, the, the reason they're building these smart motorways is for autonomous vehicles. Um, Uber, another Silicon Valley company, um, it's losing phenomenal amounts of money um, in its global taxi business, because money no object. Money, no object. Money was no object for Amazon when it was looting unbelievable amounts of money as it was getting a bigger and bigger monopoly. And of course, as a result of this um, lockdown, its market share globally is going to be vastly uh, larger with all the businesses uh, destroyed than it was before. Um, so Uber, its business model is autonomous vehicles, autonomous, quote, taxis. So all this money's being pumped in, money no object, doesn't matter how much you're losing. And what they're doing to get that monopoly is they're destroying taxi businesses all over the world so they have the monopoly. What has this lockdown done? It's devastated the taxi business, but not Uber. And so um, you can't have autonomous cars and petrol cars and diesel cars. So they're phasing out petrol and diesel on this ludicrous idea that, that humans are causing uh, climate change, which is another 1% um, uh, hoax run by um, computer models out of the same people that are running the computer models of the so-called virus. The autonomous vehicles are run by electricity. So the electric cars, it's to save the environment, are merely the stepping stone to electrical autonomous vehicles. 
And Musk knows that. I've described this society they're creating so rapidly now as the Hunger Games Society, where you've got a tiny few 1% running everything and um, the rest of the population in servitude and in um, dependency on the 1%. What is this lockdown around the world done exactly that on purpose? That's why they've done it. And in the middle is a police military state to hold that um, status quo. You need to explain what that's done economically as well. And yeah. How that links to the universal what, basic what, income. See, that Hunger Games society um, I've just described is not possible while vast numbers of the population have independent income. You can't crash people into this poverty-stricken, um, deprived masses, which is what this Hunger Games Society is supposed to be, um, if people have independent income and businesses and stuff like that. Because they, they've got the money not to fall there. So what they've done is they've destroyed all those businesses and all that employment, many of them will never open again. And what have they done? They've created mass global dependency on the state. And if you take this state, this state, and this state, and this state, and you go to the next level, you have the cult that's orchestrating the whole um, uh, uh, frickin' thing. The stimulus packages. And once they, they just passed one in the states, two trillion to six trillion, now they wanna do another one, yeah. and another one. And what that's going to do is destroy governments economically. And then what they're going to say is, um, the economic system as we've known it is no longer um, sustainable. It is no longer possible for it to survive. So what we're going to do, because we care so deeply about the human race, is to bring in a whole new economic system, which will all be based on a digital currency, which I've been predicting in my book since about 1993. Um, and um, everything you do and everything you purchase, A, we will know about, and B, we can decide any time if you can purchase or not. Because if you go into a store now, um, though, again, not as much as a few weeks ago, and um, you hand over a credit card, digital money, and they try your card and they say, sorry, it won't take your card. Computer won't take your card. So, okay, I'll pay cash then. So when there's no cash and note, because this, this, this virus scam ticks every box for this cult. Everything I've said they want, they are justified by this, what's happening. They're, they're saying um, money's dangerous because you could catch the virus from it. Brackets, bollocks. Um, and so, you know, people that used to take cash are not taking cash anymore because I might catch the bleeding virus, right? And you've got the people, the company that's running the ATMs actually came out about, you know, three, four days ago and said by the end of the summer, cash could be finished because of, the, you know, the virus, right? So... And the UK just introduced plastic cash, which probably holds the virus longer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's nothing to do with health. It's all about control. I mean, it's just such crap. Anyway, um, so... When cash is gone, 
which is the idea, and you only have digital money, and what's, what it's planned to be is everything on your microchip. See, totalitarian tiptoe, step, 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 step. They've now gone to your phone. They've, they've, they've gone from your cash, they've gone now from your credit card, and they've gone to your phone. So now it's digital, phone, everything on the phone, and that phone becomes the microchip. It just one, it's only one step away now. It's all in my books in the 90s. And um, so you go into a store and you pay with your chip or your whatever. And they say, sorry, the computer won't take your card. Or, or they won't take your digital money. So how are you going to purchase now? You ain't. And, digi uh, and dissidents of this system, of which I will be one to my last frickin' breath, will go off the Christmas card list of the computer very early on. It's all about total and utter control. Which is what they do in China now. Yeah, again. yeah. Um, and as I was saying, this Hunger Games society is supposed to be a... It is fascism, it is communism, which are diff different names for the same tyrannies, really. Centralization of power in the hands of the few. But the real name, although the, the fascism and the communism, it, it, the way it plays out is, is basically the same, but the way it's done is different. It's a technocracy they're creating. And technocracies, a global technocracy, and technocracies are defined as societies that are um, controlled by bureaucrats, not elected politicians, they're going. That's the plan. They're going. The more they can discredit politicians in the public mind, the more the public will say, oh, yeah, well, they're useless anyway. Um, yeah, let's have a technocracy. So um, it's uh, run by uh, bureaucrats, by scientists, by engineers, by technocrats. All these people in Silicon Valley are technocrats. And already the technocrats of Silicon Valley, and, and we should not forget Israel either, because that's the second Silicon Valley of the world now, staggering as it may seem, do your research. Um, the technocrats are already running the world. Politicians have, most politicians have got a clue what goes on in Silicon Valley, let alone understanding, legislating for it. They're running it. The Gateses are running the whole vaccine operation. They're running the World Health Organization, you know? Um, and so the technocrats are already uh, uh, taking over. And the more you move into this um, technological, technocratic society of AI, the technocrats are taking over because the politicians become irrelevant. Um, now, whose grandfather was head of the technocratic party of Canada in the 30s, which was campaigning for just such a society? Elon Musk. There's no way that he's doing what he's doing by accident. And he will know what he's doing. And these people need not celebrating the Gateses and the frickin' Musks and the Bezoses, another one, and the Brins and the Pages at uh, Google and the Wachowskis at YouTube. They don't need celebrating. They need calling out. They need exposing for what they're doing, which is building this technocratic, nightmare dystopian society based on AI and total censorship of any other form of view 
or information that is at odds with the official narrative. Which is why Ofcom and Melanie Frickin Dawes are banning discussion of the link between 5G and COVID-19 in British broadcasters. And let me say this, Brian. Let me say this to the broadcasters. Let me say this to everybody who's just accepting this. Let me say it to law enforcement. Daddy, what were you doing when the global fascist state came in and the economic system was destroyed and now we have to do everything the state says or we don't get our pittance every month? What were you doing, Daddy? The population. I was just sitting there, darling. Journalists. I was helping to bring it in, darling, by lying to the public. Law enforcement. I was enforcing it, darling. All the bloody best with that conversation with your kids and grandkids when you face the fact and the reality of what's going on. And you know, I say this to law enforcement, you know, there are a lot of intelligent, genuine decent people in law enforcement. But there are at the same time some monumental morons and some serious psychopaths who are loving this now. I mean, Derbyshire police is loving it uh, in extreme imposing these laws, putting black dye in, um, in, in Blue Lagoon tourist attractions so that people won't go there telling my son, Jamie, that they're tracking him because he's been out with his dog in the middle of frickin' nowhere, can't see anybody because it's, it's not essential travel. And Derbyshire Police is, is run by a, um, a chief constable, what's his name, Peter Gordon, is it? Something like that. Um, who has such extraordinary levels of intelligence that he um, disconnected the Derby Constabulary Male Voice Choir from the police because they wouldn't take women members. Male Voice Choir, uh, uh, excuse me, Male Voice Choir, certain sound, they refused. So he got rid of, he, he, he disconnected them. And he has been overseeing Derby police who have been imposing this lockdown in extremis. I say, to the decent, um, intelligent, genuine police law enforcement people in this country, your children and your grandchildren are going to have to live in the world you are enforcing. Same with the military. Oh, come and fight for your country and we'll let your family back at the barracks in Britain live in total shite accommodation, because we care about you. You're enforcing laws not to protect the public, but to protect and enforce the will of a cult that makes psychopaths look like Mother Teresa. What are you doing?
Look your children in the eye. Look your grandchildren in the eye. And tell me that you're going to go on enforcing a fascist tyranny that is going to ensnare those kids as much as anyone else's. Take your uniform off. Leave the force. Now tell me how you feel about what you did before. Now you are subject to what you were doing before. You can't appeal to the psychopaths. You can't appeal to the morons in uniform. But we can appeal to the, the very large number of decent, uh, uh, caring, genuine people in the law, law enforcement. What are you doing enforcing fascism? We're at a point in the road here. What do the rest of us do, David? What do we do? It's not for me to tell people what to do. It's for me to point out the consequences of sitting on your ass, letting a handful of psychopaths and idiots, because that's the dynamic, destroy your future, destroy your livelihood, destroy your kids' future and your grandkids' future. You go on sitting on your ass, and that is an absolute gimme. What have you got to lose? What is there to lose? Most people have lost everything anyway. So what you got to lose? You know, if you... Well, I said this before in our chat two weeks ago, but if you, if you are faced with a, an army coming at you, if you've got somewhere to run, you likely run. Army, symbolic of this freaking cult and all its agencies. But when you end up in a canyon and there's only one way out and that army's coming through that way out, well, what are you going to do? There's nowhere to run. So you stand up. You say, we're not having this. We're not having this. You want me to do this? You want me to do that? Well, I ain't doing it. Because when you've got nowhere to run, you've got nowhere to lose. And you know what's happened as a result of this lockdown? Humanity has nowhere to run anymore. So what are you going to... What are you going to do? Are you just going to take it? You're going to let the tiny few do this to you? Or are you going to say, I'm not having it? And I'll tell you what I do. I go out whenever I freaking like. Right? Um, whenever I choose. And I don't go near anybody. Because although I say they're buying a monumental lie, I respect their right and their belief that they're in some kind of freaking danger. So I don't go near them. I won't go near them. I, you know, I, 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 I like my own company to a large extent. So what I do is I walk out my house, don't see anybody, get my car on my own, and I drive out into the countryside. And I walk, don't see anybody, odd person, you know, nowhere near me. And then I walk back and I get in my car and I drive home. I get out of my car and I walk back into my flat. I don't see anybody. Now, I'm allowed to do that, according to these um, psychopaths and idiots, once a day in Britain, right? Now, I've said to them, 
send me a uniform, I don't care what fancy dress it is, send me a dark suit, and if they can explain to me why me doing what I've just described ten times a day is going to harm anyone, even by what I say is your ludicrous criteria, then I'll stop doing it. But they never will be able to do that, because of course it's total frickin' nonsense. And the fact that it's nonsense, the fact that going out on your own and away from everybody, if you do it once or ten times a day, doesn't matter, you're still not going to harm anybody, even by their ludicrous criteria. But you can only go out once. That tells you what this is about. It's not about health. It's about control. And it's about a control agenda that goes back ridiculous amounts of time and is now heading towards its fruition. This is all in my books in great detail, the ancient and modern nature of this, because this, this is not something that's new. It's something that's now reaching its end game. And um, 8 billion people, nearly, 66 million in Britain, number of people locking everyone down, tiny. I think I see a way out of this. What's the way, David? Hmm? What's the way out of this? <laughs> Us choosing to make a decision based on our own knowledge and our own research and our own gut feeling of what's right. Let me, let me just say this. We got into this frickin' mess through acquiescence to power. Most of that power, all of that power, is simply our perception that it has power. 66 million, handful, I don't think it has. So if we got into this mess by acquiescing to the illusion of power, what's the frickin' answer? Ceasing to do so. And then we'll see where the real power is. And it's not with the few. David, what's it like to watch 30 years of what you've been working on uh, all come to fruition, prediction, reality in three weeks? What's it like? I, I, I don't give myself the time to be frustrated because that's... Uh, just drains your energy. So I, I just get on with it. And I see silver linings in every cloud. I've been aware, Brian, all the way through this 30 years, as all the laughter and the ridicule and the abuse, that it had to get real bad before enough minds were focused on the fact that this world is not like they thought it was and it's not run by the forces they thought it was. So I see this not just as a danger, it's certainly that. I see it as a wonderful opportunity. Because people, there will be some of course, because you know, they've allowed themselves, they don't have to be, they've allowed themselves to become software programs, press enter people I call them. Um, uh, who, who simply ha have denied themselves the capacity for free thought. But there are a lot of people 
whose perceptions of the world will have changed in the last three weeks. They will have realized that they can't just wave away the idea that a few people are running the world to a very malevolent end because they're watching it unfold in front of their eyes. And um, we will see in the weeks to come what impact that mass realization of what we're dealing with and what this world is will have in its impact upon um, what people do and how people cease to acquiesce to power or the perception of power because that's all it is. Um, we are in a position here where this could be this could be the turning point when humanity got off its frickin' knees. Some seven million people watched our last episode, David. I'm sure tens of millions will watch this. Uh, apparently our last episode is going to be broadcast on a television station in this country and be promoted in a mainstream newspaper with nearly a million circulation. People are listening. They're tuning in. Does this give you hope? Oh, of course. Um, and it's not about me, it's about the information, it's about the realization of the reality that we're experiencing behind the smoke screens and the um, illusions uh, that we're given and told um, to believe in. Um, so, you know, in the old, um, the old um, yellow brick road, Wizard of Oz, they seem to be dealing with an all-powerful force and when they looked behind the curtain it was an old bloke who had no power at all and this cult expresses its power by persuading the target population that it has power its power is in our acquiescence to that illusion of power. We now have the chance to break the spell, to break the, um, the mind spell and see behind the curtain. And what we'll find is something that's not powerful at all once we stop acquiescing to it. And that's my, that's where I well, it's where I want things to go, but it's also where I know things can go. Because in the last few weeks, worldwide, that spell has been broken. And at the same time, this cult has broken cover. It's walked into the room where we can see it. And you know what's happened? The frickin' door has clicked behind it. And we're now in a different game. And I tell you this, I have tracked this, these people, this cult, for 30 years full time. And I've seen what they do, and I've seen how they act, and I've seen their 
staggering, shocking levels of psychopathy. And you know what? I don't fear them one smear because I am more powerful than they are and they frickin' know it. I ain't come here to fail and I frickin' won't. Why are you more powerful than they are, David? Why? Because I have levels of consciousness and everybody watching this program has those same levels of consciousness if they will only open their minds to it. It's theirs, it's their right, it's their true self. Whereas this cult is so limited in its, um, in its perception, in its, in its ability to make things happen. You see, what they've done, because they are so limited, I promise you they are so limited, the only way they can control humanity is to put humanity in a smaller box than they're in. That's how they've done it. And when humanity steps out of the box and realizes its true identity, which is a state of infinite awareness, which these pillocks aren't, then they're in a box. We are expanded consciousness well beyond the box. And they become powerless to that. They have to put us in a smaller box than they're in. That's what they've done. And they, they could not do it without it. Once, once we open our eyes, we open our minds, we open our hearts, the walls of the prison, the walls of the bubble, the walls of the box, whatever you want to talk about, just fade away. And we become the true power that we really are, all of us. Yes, you, Ethel, on the checkout, you as well, all of us. And the way they have controlled us is by blocking out that expansion of true self and locked us away in a bubble where we perceive everything only through the five senses. We self-identify with labels, we self-identify with um, our life stories and our race and our sexuality and all that stuff. They're just experiences. And they keep us in the bubble when we think that's the I. And that's, so we're in the bubble, they're in a slightly bigger bubble, and so they control. When we realize the true nature of what we are, which is consciousness, eternal, exploring forever consciousness, having a brief experience called human, and we tap into that infinite creativity, power, and open our, 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 our hearts. And when you open your heart, it's not just to love, not, not I love you darling, saw you down the disco love. I mean real love in its infinite, unconditional sense. Um, what you're doing is you're tapping in to a level of consciousness that does not have something which is the very foundation of human control. It does not have fear. So, I am a unique expression of all that is, has been and ever can be. 
I will go on exploring forever, forever. This is just a brief experience. What is there to fear? Nothing. And when you lose fear, you do what you know to be right without asking the question, which is fear asking the question, this is what I know I need to do, but what are the consequences for me? It's asking about the consequences, which is fear asking the question, that leads to people not doing what they know to be right. Once you open that and you go beyond fear, then you don't ask about consequences. You just do what you know to be right. And you know something, this cult is terrified of that. It's terrified of fearless people because fear is its currency of control. And if people are not fearful, it has lost its currency of control. And that's why I have more power than they have. Because you know something? They are consumed by fear. And their biggest fear, because it's over then, is humanity awakening to what the frickin' hell is really going on and who is really in control. They can only control by their target population being in ignorance of that. Once we realize their game is over, and that's why I have more powerful power than them, and they freaking know it. And all of us have more power than them. Put aside fear. Stop asking about consequences, and you will see where the real power is. And it's not with these psychopaths. Mm. It seems so clear. It seems so obvious what you just said, David. But fear paralyzes so many people because they're worried about all these consequences from the postage stamp mentality that you've been talking about for 30 years. And so there's all the reasons why they shouldn't do what they should do. And then that stops them. But they are this close. This close. To opening it up and saying, what do you got? You've got nothing. I've got nothing to be scared of because I am here as an infinite being in infinite consciousness. So bring it. And then will realize that they have no power. Ask, them, ask one question, if you need to. Fear will ask it. What are the consequences of me not taking this shit anymore? Okay. Ask another question. What are the consequences of me taking it? And I'll tell you now, the consequences of taking it are infinitely greater than not taking it. Um, and um, so, when people let go of fear, including the fear of death, which is freezes so many people, fear of death, there is no death. It's just, it's just a transfer of point of attention. That's what death is. That's all. We're inf infinite awareness. Um, once you let go of fear, um, what can stop you, control you, impose its will upon you now? Because it's done through fear, and when you have no fear, it can't do it. So, bring it on. You don't frighten me. And you know something? You never freaking will. For some reason, I'm having a flashback to an old episode of Star Trek. 
David, the one with William Shatner, the original ones. And there was this alien entity that was terrorizing the Starship Enterprise, and it fed off their own hate and fear of each other. And when Captain Kirk realized this at the very last scene, he said, oh, that's what they're feeding off. And they all started laughing, and they all started being joyful, and the entities literally died in front of their eyes, and they saw they were these tiny little insignificant insects, and they ran away. Well, if people read my books, when I go into the deep level of what's behind this cult, that is, that is so close to the truth of what's going on, if we go deeper into deeper levels, um, exactly what is going on. And the greatest, uh, um, the greatest thing apart from fear is they have to divide and rule us. Um, so they had dividers on race and sexuality and political view and all the rest of it. Um, and if we could just find the peace to be at peace with others having a different view to us, those fault lines would fall. And, and we would start to see that whether you are a Jew or a Muslim or a transgender or um, black, white, whatever, these are just different experiences of the same infinite state of awareness. They're just different points of attention in the same state of awareness. We are each other. And the key is you believe what you want to believe, but don't seek to impose it on anyone else. I, I don't care what people believe. I don't care um, what they think or what their views are. I only care when they seek to impose them on other people. That's when the problem starts. So why can't I sit with a Muslim and a Jew and a Christian and a Hindu and disagree with their belief systems because don't buy any of them. And yet we just have a friendly chat. No need for conflict, no need for fighting. I don't agree with you. It's very interesting what you're saying though. I, there's some things there, I, you know, I, I do resonate with, with a bit of whatever you all say. I just don't buy the whole belief system. But anyway, let's have a, let's have a cup of tea and a chat, okay? Nice to meet you. Let's have a chat again. There's no need for conflict. Conflict comes and divided rule comes when each of those is trying to impose their belief on the others or me. That's when the conflict comes. One of the great things that has to happen for us to come together is people have to find peace in other people having different opinions because we are expressions of all that is, has been, and ever can be. And what, what, what am I saying when I say that? We are expressions of all possibility, all possibility. So what the hell are we doing insisting that everyone shares a sense of the possible that's, that, 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 that we have? We're dealing with all possibility. We should be celebrating real diversity, not the frickin' illusion of it with a woke. We should be celebrating real diversity.
and um, celebrating the uniqueness and the spontaneity and the um, the different ways and angles of seeing everything. We should be celebrating that. It's how we learn from each other. But when you think, I am right, this is the woke mentality, which is orchestrated by the 1%, by the way. That's why billionaires fund it, like Soros. I am right. And therefore, by definition, Brian, if I am right, you're saying something different to me, so you must be wrong. And if you're wrong, What's, the, what's it matter if you don't have freedom of speech? You're wrong, right? But when we say um, everyone has a right to their opinion, everyone has a right to their view, and there's no one who's all right, and there's no one who's all wrong. It's just a matter of degree. When we say that and we're at peace with it, we can disagree on the way we see the world and be in perfect harmony with each other. Because... No matter what our labels and the divisions and the fault lines that are used to divide us, this cult has every single one of us in its gun sight. Can you not see that now? Hindus are locked down, Christians are locked down, Jews are locked down. Hello? Let this be the time when we see the fallacy and the farce of allowing ourselves to be divided and ruled by our beliefs and our belief in I am right and therefore no one else should be able to have a different opinion to me because that's how the cult works. Plays groups off against each other, sets them at war with each other and if they just looked up, they'd realize that the same hands are holding all the strings while we fight down here come together, realize what's going on and where this is going and cease to be divided and ruled. We're in this together and we'll get out of it together. My favorite part of our last conversation here three weeks ago was at the very end where you said, everyone should make up their own mind and do what they feel. Exactly. And that's the opposite of what any person with an agenda any cult, any government, any corporation says. They all tell you what to do. No. Do this because this is why, because I am right. Yeah. And yet David Icke at the very end says, do what's in your heart. Do what you feel to be right. Do what you know to be right. And you will make a unique contribution because that's what you are, unique. Contribution to getting out of this. Um, but acquiescence is not an option because acquiescence is how we got here. I had a call with someone this week and they said, what's David like? And I paused and I said, David is a great man. And I think you are a great man, David. Well, that's very kind, but we're all great. We are all great. It's just that most people have forgot and they think they're Ethel on the checkout and Bill at the cash and carry. No, no, that's just your experience, mate. You are all that is, has been, and ever can be. And all that power, and all that creativity, and all that insight, and all that knowing is just waiting for you to open your mind to it, to break out of the bubble of the five-sense illusion. And then you'll realize you ain't Ethel on the checkout, and you ain't Bill at the cash and carry. And at that point, this world will change in ways that we couldn't imagine possible.
I think that's exactly where we're going to leave this today, David. I'm going to shake your hand. <laughs> and you dare give me COVID-19 that doesn't exist. That's symbolic. Uh, David, please uh, stay safe. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, if people want to go find this entire playlist of the doctors, then go to davidike.com. Yep. If people want to watch our previous four conversations, they can go to LondonReal.tv and watch all that stuff. Uh, like I said, take care of yourself. Please put, keep putting these messages out there. I don't know any other way. They'll, they'll carry me out with me still saying it. <laughs> no one's going to shut me up. Any final thoughts? Well, only that. This is just a wonderful opportunity for us to look at the nonsense of how we got here and realize that all we have to do is reverse it and we're out of here. You see, people say, what's the solutions? We're drowning in solutions and solutions lead to more problems and so it goes on. The greatest way to um, solve a problem is to remove the cause of it. You know, uh, you can find a solution to a problem and then that will lead to something else, will lead to another problem. Or you can look at why the problem is happening and you remove the cause. And when you remove the cause of a problem, the problem has to disappear. It has to. Because the cause that's making the problem has disappeared, therefore the problem must disappear. And acquiescence to power, the illusion of power, is how we got here. And the solution is not, you know, do this, do that, fight this, fight that. It's stop acquiescing to the illusion of power and stop being told what to do when you know it's not what you should be doing by the illusion of power. And then the problem, which is the illusion of power in others, is gone. And the world has changed because the world today is a manifestation of acquiescence to power. That's all it is. Never more extreme than it is now. Remove that cause and the problem disappears. And it will be the cult that will be queuing to mass buy the toilet paper. I look forward to that reality. <laughs> David, until next time, who knows, it could be sooner than later. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much. Whatever. For here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. And uh, until next time, thanks for another incredible conversation. Cheers, Brian. You're great. Right. You're great. Great interview, mate. Thanks, David. All right. We're out. Bye.